fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hello, I'm Reese. And I am Kristen. And this is to Ellen Back. Ellen Back. That was very close. It was. It was. I like, wouldn't have given us the gold medal in synchronized podcasting. Synchronized speaking. It, we Synch- only really missed it in the enunciation. I think that everything else was pretty on. Listen, you guys, Kristen is making me record this on <laughs> audio instead of video so I can't see her face and I feel very alone. I just wanted to be able to record naked, you know, like just completely naked with my Are slippers. You? No, I should have though. It would have been appropriate, I think, for our first non-video recording. To Ellen Beck is an auto straddle podcast where Reese and I are recapping uh, episode by episode a series that you know and you love or hate called The L Word. This week's episode is called, what's it called? It's called Losing It, but it's it's funny that you don't remember what it's called because I cannot tell you. I've watched it two times now, and every time I go to look up what it is, I'm like, 107, 106? I can never remember the name. Every other episode, I've remembered the name, but Losing It, uh, I, what are they losing? Their ability to entertain us more than they <laughs> annoy us, I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so this episode is called Losing It. It was written by Guinevere Turner, directed by Clement Virgo. It aired the February 22nd, 2004. And the description of this episode is the Not following. Right. But just, uh, spo- it's it's incorrect. It's a rising artist in New York, Tess Betts' commitment. Well, Tina has an unpleasant run-in with Lei Ling. I will say, Reese, that now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, I have a note later in um, in the episode where I write down, wow, bet, sexual tension awards with the woman that she talks to at Provocations. Yeah, who's like, Lisa Gay Hamilton. Oh. She's an uh, actress. Her middle name is Gay? How appropriate. <laughs> That's why she got yeah, hired. Yeah, like she's like an incredible actor. She's does, done a lot of theater and stuff. It was very well, surprising was- to see her. There was a lot of tension between them. She was like, you just ripped that show right out from under Mocha. And I was like, whoa, ladies, you know? So anyway, the description is wrong. This is the one where Jenny writes a beautiful poem about variety meats. Uh, and <laughs> what else happens? We hear the words Sherry Jaffe said for the first time. True. So we start in a chicken shop, yeah? In Detroit. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. So I was like, yeah, we're in Michigan. I wonder why. And when that by the time the episode was over, I was still like, I kind of wonder why. But um, (laughs) they are at this is a Detroit, like Coney Island, I think two years ago. And two girls are told that if they have time to lean, they've got time to clean. (laughs) And they're they're like, like, yeah, but or we could lean. Right. We could lean and fuck. Like we can lean, lean against each other. Yeah. If I had to choose between leaning and cleaning and leaning and fucking, I think everyone knows what I'm, what I'm going to choose. Just cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both, you know? That's true. We can true. share multitudes. And then Ugh. as the L word continues to remind us, men are turned on by lady on lady action, including <laughs> the manager of this restaurant, 
who starts masturbating when he sees them hooking up. And then for some reason that only I can interpret as a personal attack, we are given mm-hmm. a close-up of his teeth. Right? His bottom teeth that are just kind of not fun to look at. I mean, no. I don't want to look at any teeth anytime, but Mm-mm. certainly when they're like fogging up a window because you're jerking off. To, what is happening? I mean, maybe the average lesbian forgets from episode to episode that, um, you know, men uh, want to jerk off to women while they fuck. But I, I personally, like, I don't need the reminder. I got it, guys. Thanks. Yeah, as a below average lesbian, I would say, I already know this. <laughs> yeah, same. So then we go to what I have written down is an incredibly accurate depiction of a gay boy club in 2004. This was like the scene of my 2004. I was always going to gay boy clubs back then. Yeah. Was I? No. Yeah. I mean, I went to tons of gay boy clubs. Like I've been going to gay boy clubs since uh, 1999. Yeah. Because there's so many and also gay boys are fun and they, you know, they don't masturbate to you hooking up with your girlfriend at the Coney Island. It's but true. It's a party for gay men, and it's the guy, Harry, and his friend, and Clive, and Shane breaks the news to them that she is not a boy. <laughs> she does. And so, okay, so two facts that I just incidentally found uh, about Harry and Clive. Harry, the actor, whose name is Colin Cunningham, is a professional saxophone player. So I just wanted you to know. And More also, like saxophone. Wow. And also Clive, the actor who plays Clive, um, the year before was on an episode of Queer as Folk and he played Twink. So I just feel like. I, <laughs> wow. I well, just guess feel like what he's I, really being typecast, you know. I'm not going to say that the man's name who I think Harry is based on because I don't know. I'm afraid of getting sued or something. <laughs> but the man who I think Harry is based on who like is that who is a very bad man who's done bad things in Hollywood uh-huh. and is a, a serial sexual predator. His production company is called something Harry Productions or whatever. Yes. So, yes, I, I so like... even more evidence to me that this this character is supposed to be this guy, this this like evil guy who's in who hopefully will spend some time in jail anytime soon. Oh, also, this, this is an opportunity for someone to say my, my, my androgyny confounds. And then as soon as Harry finds out that Shane is a lady, then he can take her seriously as a human. Yes. Then he's like, let's have a business conversation. Yeah. Is... So you're good at cutting hair. Cool. I'm going to send my friends to you. Why do you think, like, I was a little bit confused about this. I mean, like, I like your assessment that this is to show us that, like, once Harry knows that he he is not going to, like, fuck you. Although he considers getting a hand job from Shane. Like, he wants to know how good she is at that. What, what? But why does he want to help her succeed at her business? There are so many things that happen in this episode that don't make sense. I can't make heads or tails of it or heads or tails or, or hand jobs of it. I don't know. Next week. That's the classic saying goes. (laughs) I can't make heads or tails Mm, or hand mm, jobs. mm, Yep. As my grandma always said. And then we go to Tim Tim's. Tim Tam's. Tim Tam's. Tim can't sleep. So he's going to punch some stuff. 3 a.m. is a very common time, I think, to wake up when you're having trouble sleeping. It's like there's something that happens at 3 a.m. 
I like uh, so I watched this episode twice in preparation for this uh, critically acclaimed podcast taping. But on my second viewing, I was like, wait, so I am to believe that it's 3 a.m. when this Tina and Bet scene happens because like we see Tim wake up and then it like goes over, pans over to the neighbor's house. Yeah. Where Tina and Bet are awake and and Tina's like reading a baby book and yeah, she's reading what to expect when you're expecting, which I yeah. assume is just a book about pickles. So now we see Bet being nice. She's going to go, she's going to massage Tina's feet and then she's going to go get her a Slurpee. Then we go um, back to the club where we learn that there's a woman named Sherry Jaffe and that Harry is going to set Shane up for success with Sherry Jaffe and also that they are doing bumps of oxy in the club, which I thought was interesting because I don't know, um, like in my brain, like I learned about oxy and oxy becoming like a bigger drug later than 2004. Um, but no, that it might was have already just, big. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I think it might have just been because I wasn't really doing a lot of drugs in 2004. And now I'm doing a ton. No, I just. <laughs> this is also um, when we confirmed that Shane and Clive used to turn tricks on Santa Monica, but somehow Shane managed to only give hand jobs. Right. Which is, okay, sure. Um, you don't believe that as a um, former sex worker yourself? I mean, I did. I also just gave handjobs, so maybe Aww. I should. So you should, yeah, maybe you should believe it then. The thing that they snort the drugs out of. The bullet? Which, by the way, like, Shane's expecting Coke and gets Oxy. Like, you really should give someone a heads up. Right? <laughs> about that, because we're talking very different, very different experiences. Um, but also the little thing that they stored out of looks like a little bullet vibe. It does. And I, I called it a bullet because I thought they called it a bullet. But did I just call it that because of bullet vibes? Maybe. You let us know at 2 ellenbackcast at gmail.com. Uh, somebody has already sent us an email about manatees. So buckle up for that Buckle one. up, ladies and um, not ladies. So Bet and Tim are having a heart to heart on the steps because Bet comes back with a Slurpee and she sees Tim punching a punching bag, which is like kind of appropriate for, I think, where we're getting with Tim. Maybe we already got there last week with the physical altercation outside the bus, but just like Tim's character is definitely taking a turn that is um, very violent. Uh, yeah. And we'll get we'll obviously get there in more detail later. I felt like Bet was so self-congratulatory about having gotten that Slurpee. She's like, yeah, I got her a Slurpee. I'm such a good wife. But, then, but now I'm going to sit down next to you and drink the Slurpee while talking to you about your experiences when Tina's sitting in there reading a boring-ass book, wanting her massage feet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and wanting her little, her little Slurpee that Bet is going to drink. Yeah, her. dude, the fucking the new title of this podcast is Bet Sucks, an L Word podcast. It's so sad because I loved her so much. I know it's a journey. But you it's know what? Like, I do think that the series, like there's a lot that happens in that way that she is in season one that changes. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think she is one of the few characters who's actually forced to like reckon with her personality deficiencies and how she treats people mm -hmm. and how, and does eventually change, you know? Right. Right. Um, but first season, I forgot that she was an asshole. Yeah, me too. I didn't even clock it. So I didn't forget. I'm just learning. So Tim's like fucking dykes. Yeah, and and he's upset because that is like, yeah, you know, Tim sort of like says something shitty about women, I want to say, or about lesbians. And like, that's like, oh, well, don't like curse all of us. You know, I I was bothered by it. That's why I rudely left your dinner party. Like, right. look at me. Like, I'm I'm such a moral. I'm so morally superior to all of these people. And then Tim's like, wait, it was already happening then. And Beth's like, mm. oops. <laughs> That's like, I'm just going to go bring the Slurpee to my pregnant wife. Bye. Yeah. Then she should be like, oh, Slurpee's melting. 
she also says Jenny's a writer and writers crave experience, which is like, yeah. I think it's confirmed in the next scene, uh, Reese, that writers do in fact crave experience because my, oh, so boy. when I take notes, I normally like draw a little line, like a, um, a vertical line. And on the left, I write where the scene happens. And on the right, I take my notes on the left of my line for this scene. I've just written LOLOLOLOLOL. <laughs> Jenny is, as one as one eventually becomes in life, standing on the side of the road (laughs) in her tights, hitchhiking. No, I don't even think she's standing when we first see her. I think she is straight up sitting in the brush, like sitting down on the side of the road. So this teeny tiny little woman is sitting on the side of the road writing a terrible, 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 I don't know what it is, a prose poem eviscerated i am yeah i believe it begins uh i'm sure we're gonna play you some of this but probably we're gonna wait until we get to the real meat and potatoes of the thing you know what i'm saying (laughs) and if you missed our interview with guinevere turner or our episode 103 that we had a little clip from you will know (laughs) that apparently whenever jenny is writing no matter who the writer of the episode is eileen shaken wrote these parts yes and that jenny is intended to be a good writer that that is the intentionality. Yes. Which makes me feel bad. Bad I am, <laughs> so to speak, as like Jenny Schechter or Dr. Seuss might write. It's so bad. So I, well, I guess I, I'll never show you my poetry that all starts with uh, hungry. I am. <laughs> Eat a sandwich. Sleepy, I am. Mm -hmm. So Tina is, in the next scene, Tina and Bet are packing for New... Well, Bet is packing for New York, and Tina is just dying, like a slow death on the bed. And Bet is, of course, paying no attention. She's like, zip, 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 off we go. I'm going to take so much care of you, which P.S., like, no, you wouldn't have. If we had... If if Tina had gone to New York, Bet would not have taken care Mm -hmm. of her. And um, eventually, Tina's like, yeah, there's no way I can do this. And then Bet is supportive you know she is like okay you need to do what your body is telling you to do uh and we learn that tina has an herbalist that she's going to go to for her morning sickness while this scene is happening i don't know if it's bet's car service or what is they ring the doorbell 100,000 times and I just feel like this car service really needs a good talking to about like maybe leaving a little bit of time between doorbell rings I think that's a really important note Kristen thank thank you thank you Um, you know it's all in the details Reese yeah I hope that she ended up having like a really nice ride and that he had little bottles of water for her to make up for it you know but little (laughs) bottles like bottles where it's like just two sips or like if you're a giant it's just like a sort of a droplet so then now that I've shared that important information mm-hmm. honestly this next part's probably my favorite scene in this episode of torture twat the night 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 i love the idea of twat the night yeah i'm definitely i mean i wasn't into fuckwad but um twat the night was definitely my pick though labia you know i think it has yeah. a ring there's so Ch- shane's roommates so shane has three canadian extra roommates are sitting around <laughs> with their different colors of hair and talking mm-hmm. about this party they're going to throw. They're like, should we have girly girl d- go-go dancers or or should we have like super butch girls who don't take off their clothing? Right. Which is What's like, your- whoa. So people do know that butch women exist in this show after all. <laughs> they're just choosing not to show them to us. Yes. But also have both, ladies. 
I think that the um, proper title for a club, and it, it has actually inspired me to want to open a club, is liquor in the front, poker in the rear, where there's liquor in the in the front, and then and then you play poker in the in the back of the club, or you get I poked just, with a with a phallus. Mm, that's true. Maybe there can be kind of a split. It's like what kind of poke, what kind of poker do you want? And you go into yeah. that room, you know. So these girls are so excited about loving twat, and mm-hmm. and Alice is behind them reading out magazine. And she calls Shane and she's like, your roommates keep saying she actually says something really shitty about it. But she's like, your your roommates keep saying twat like they have Tourette's. Um, oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, which is gross. And but but like the point is, obviously, that like Alice is like, where's Shane? I need someone to sit with me while I read this magazine. And all of your oh, roommates sh- are driving me nuts. And then in strolls, Lisa, the male lesbian. Oh, and they really get into it. Before we talk about how sensitive Lisa is, <laughs> um, I want to say that there's a line that Alice says to Shane on Shane's voicemail that made my heart get a couple of times bigger. She says, I wish you'd come be surly and cynical with me. And I yeah. was like, oh, if that's not the definition of friendship, I don't know what <laughs> is, you know? <laughs> come talk shit with me is what she yeah. means. So, yeah, Lisa's here and, you know, Alice is opening up because this sensitive lesbian identified man is just um, there for her, remembers that her mom was having a whole issue last time. This is interesting also because Alice is upset that, like, her brother Nelson wants her to take her mom back. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't want to take care of her mom and she should have to. And, like, Sarah Shulman writes a lot about this, actually, in her um, theory, queer like, you know, when she writes about like sort of queer family dynamics, how like queer women um, are often expected to be like parental caretakers because we're not like, we're less likely to be married and have several children and how that ends up like tying us back into these structures, which often if your family's not okay with you being gay, means not only are you expected to be the caretaker, but you're also expected to be the caretaker and also not pursue anything, you know, sexual yourself, which is not Alice's situation. But anyway, it's very interesting because then Lisa walks in and he's sort of like, says this you know yeah. also yeah. i just like jumped when i just called when i said he i like he, felt a I little know, weird because it's like but that is we'll t- i will talk more about it what uh, in a later scene it's such a it's just such a weird complicated character that we're not really sure what they're trying to do with um yeah and and uh, yeah we will talk about it when we get to the scene um where they're playing poker later mm-hmm. but um I've, I've thought a lot about it over the last two weeks because obviously or maybe not obviously but when this show was airing and i was watching it like i had no awareness of a transgender community like i didn't even know what the word transgender meant in 2004 like i knew yeah. nothing so I, I didn't clock any of it you know like mm-hmm. i did i was just like well that's a funny thing you know and, <laughs> So this is the first time that I've really like had a lot more knowledge and turned it over in my hands. But we'll we'll get there when we get to that scene. Uh, meanwhile, Shane is sleeping in her car in a really bad shirt. Yeah, which like it makes sense that she's sleeping in her car now that we know that she has three roommates that all live in the same bedroom together. When well, she snorted would... Oxy at a gay club. Yeah, she had a night. We get a little more of Lisa in the next scene. Actually, yeah, and this is like a thing that probably will again be addressed when we get to the later scene, but there's this moment, cause we're obviously, it's like for us, I think reading Lisa, it's she, you know, he, 
but I want to say she, because I feel like in all aspects, she is presenting as and uh, acting as a trans woman, but not saying that and like explicitly not saying that. But in this scene with uh, Tina and Alice and Lisa at the planet, you know, Lisa sort of like knows that Tina's pregnant and is like, this is such a crazy and beautiful time in a woman's body. And then has this line that's like, I'm I'm jealous that I'll never experience that in my own body, which th- that alone like doesn't necessarily mean that you're transgender, but it just feels, mm-hmm. it feels very glaring that these things are all being presented and very explicitly in like, I identify as a lesbian identified man. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into it. Speaking of very clearly defined gender roles, <laughs> Tim is still freaking out and he calls the hotel looking for Jenny and finds out she checked out. So then we switch to Jenny hitchhiking and oh, there's boy. a voiceover of sort of a like, these are, you know, s- small organs, clan sweetbreads, variety meats. Wow, you the way you just said that like begs for a song. Like it right. just begs. Well, you know that song like these song. are a few of my favorite things. You know that song? <laughs> yes. That's what that's what I whenever I when I see this written down I'm like small organs and glands and sweetbreads and kisses, you know. <laughs> variety meats underneath. Something something. Can we fit? Can we fit morbid diathesis in there? Somehow, you know, like uh, I, think I know not, the... she doesn't even have a thesaurus. Look at this girl! What a vocabulary <laughs> she's got out there on the road. You know, I was was one of your suggestions for the title of this podcast: morbid diathesis. Because <laughs> no, I, I feel like I would have gone for that one. A, but a, I would sorry, love not, not I, just morbid diathesis, but a pulpy mass of morbid diathesis. I would love to have like a a butcher shop called Variety Meats and Sweetbreads, you know? (laughs) It's so weird. Like why small organs? This is Jenny. She's an artist. Jenny, I love you, but I hate you. She's an artist, okay? If cheating on your fiance with this like sexy, mysterious sex robot woman who owns a little coffee shop (laughs) that was written up in LA Magazine, if all it inspires in you is small organs, glance, and sweetbreads, Mm-hmm. You, mm, I'm not sure if a lack of experience is the problem, my dear. I'm going to agree. You know what I realized in the next scene, Reese, is what? that because I, I just listened to our episode for Lawfully because I was editing it. And yeah. in there, I was like, man, Tim just told this cop about how his wife is cheating on him with a woman. And so then when I went back to my notes for this episode, I'm like, does Tim think that he can get Jenny arrested for sleeping with another woman? Like, <laughs> this is the second cop. Citizen's that- arrest. <laughs> he's like, he's like at this West Hollywood precinct where like it's all gay dudes and Tim essentially is kind of the, the point because Tim gets very mad when yeah. the cop won't take his report seriously. The cop he's also like, was had a major part on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, wow. I, there's this is now at least the fourth actor who's been on both again they shot in Canada so that's why oh that's why I was like do you think there was a major fan of Battlestar Galactica (laughs) producing the show and they were like can you get me that guy yeah so whatever Tim is like my wife is cheating on me pause 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 with a woman and everybody else is like it's West Hollywood get the fuck out of here (laughs) don't care I feel like the main purpose of the West Hollywood station is for people to get parking permits yeah, is that what I was like? Two... Excuse me, I have friends coming this weekend, and I need a permit for Zone One A. Stop talking about your girlfriend. <laughs> and and there's like these gay guys behind him who are like laughing at him, which I kind of love because Tim is being yeah. such a dick. He wants to report her missing. He wants them to help him find Jenny or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It's a bad thing. And then he's like, "Would you have helped me if if it was my boyfriend? Would you have helped me?" And the two gay guys are like, "Probably." <laughs> <laughs> 
They're like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> go ya. to Murray Hill in New York. So then we go over to Lather. Lather. Uh, and Ellie Zimmer. Now Friend that's of Madonna and J-Lo. At the same time. <laughs> that was really the point. I can't remember the dude's name who's the head of this shop. Do you remember what his name is? Asshole gay guy. Asshole gay guy. I, I, I'd say he's uh, like a Brad. Yeah, he seems like a Brad or like a Carl. Yeah, or a Brian. Mm-hmm. He is, he's like amazed and pissed all at once. He's like beside himself that Ellie Zimmer, famous, you know, basically like an in influencer. I don't think we had that word in 2004, yeah. but that's what she is, is at the shop. And at, at the same time, she's, he's like, fuck Shane. Like, why the fuck does she, is this woman caring about Shane? He's so mad at Shane. Also, I don't understand why we have Ellie Zimmer here. Like, we were supposed to get Sherry Jaffe. What the fuck? Things that can't just happen. Wham, bam. Thank you, Four play, four play. So the kids who pick Jenny up are, what I want to know is, is the girl driving on mushrooms? Because I don't have a lot of experience with Coke or Oxy, but I have a lot of experience with mushrooms. And yeah. I will tell you, I would not drive a car on <laughs> mushrooms. I barely want to stand up on mushrooms. I mean, it's not a fun, like, it's like if you're on mushrooms and you're driving a car, you're going to be thinking like, it's so funny that this wheel determines it's the direction that I'm driving. It's like, it's so weird. Like We've all just like agreed that like I go this way and on the other side, they're going the other way. But like. It, do we have to do, do that? We, well, we're, like, what, I'm going to bend the... Like, it's just not... You don't want to be operating a motor vehicle on mushrooms. So maybe she's not. Maybe she's, like, the DD of the scar. Yeah. Uh, also, one more point on mushrooms is Jenny straight up eats these dirt-covered fucking mushrooms a out of the bag. A handful of them. Yeah. Like, no. I'm sorry. Get yourself <laughs> a peanut butter bagel. I'm over it. You don't eat mushrooms like this. It's disgusting. It's like eating poop. I mean, I've eaten mushrooms straight up. Ugh. And it, yeah, they're gross. That's the thing. She doesn't really. She doesn't respond. Yeah. Yeah. But it's ugh, Mia Kirshner, though, is so good. Like yeah, she, she just she has fully committed to this. And it's so heart wrenching and also so weird. Like this whole episode is just so weird. It's it's like a very classic L word, like mess of an episode. <laughs> but but like this part is so dumb and also somehow so cute. When she just rams the mushrooms into her mouth, like, okay, I did it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm like a wreck very... and I'm doing it. I'm being messy. Right. She's very much committing to, like, I got in the car with these people who are, like, probably a good, a good a, amount younger than her. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to play. Like, Jenny yeah. just loves to play, you know? And she's she also likes to get, you know, dark. She likes to go to dark places. Yeah. So I think she's like excited that she's in this weird fucking van with these people. She's having an adventure. Well, it's a, it's an SUV. Somehow she gets picked up by two adolescents in an SUV <laughs> instead of what would really happen, which is she'd get picked up by a serial killer and then she'd be killed. Exactly. So then we go to the herbalist. Um, we go to the herbalist and basically uh, Tina is there with another woman and Lee Ling is there and, and is telling Tina and this other woman, like, my husband or my boyfriend had back problems. So that's why he's here. And then lo and behold, out comes Marcus. And and Tina's like, oh, my God, Marcus. Like, I haven't seen you. And Bet and I have been meaning to tell you we're pregnant. And Lee Ling is like, say what? And we cut. We're back in the car where Jenny is sitting in the back seat and goes, for you, my heart. <laughs> she, she's like, the, the kid, what's his name? Malcolm? Mark, Marcus? Malcolm? He's like, what did you do? And she's like, 
you know, I had this husband, I had this boyfriend, this husband, then I fell in love with a woman and the girl driving is like, so you're a lesbian? And Jenny's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then and then she tells a story about like her friends, Roxanne and Katie, who got busted being lesbos. And obviously the story she's telling is the story that we saw in the opening scene. Right. But then the guy's like, that was an after school special. They're not really your friends. And I have no idea what we're really supposed to think about any of that. Right. Like my the Kristen take is that the kid in the back is just doesn't believe his friend. Right. Like, I think it really happened. I think Roxanne and Katie are real race. You think they're real? I think they're real. I don't think that we were watching an after school special. They wouldn't have they would not have done that close up on the teeth if it was an after school special. Sweet meats. (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad that she's getting some writing done because it's good to multitask. Then we go back to the Chinese herbalist. Yes. And Li Ling is very upset and basically is like, these are not your sperm to give. Um, You're planting your seed all over. Mm -hmm. So this whole story sucks. Mm -hmm. First of all, there are no Asian characters on this goddamn show. You said there are like two total, right? Yeah. In season six, we do have um, an Asian character. In season four, we have a character who the actress, Sandrine Holt, who plays her, is um, her father is Chinese. Mm-hmm. However, so that's six her char- but her character is not presented as Chinese. Right. Or, so I don't think that she's supposed to be seen that way. So in six seasons of a show set in fucking Southern California, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, <laughs> we get almost no age like well they they also have um like asian american actresses playing latina characters but we'll get to that later uh-huh. uh so but this is one of two characters we get and she is like so it's so it's just very offensive so what's interesting is that there's an interview with gwen turner that sarah warren did a million years ago and she asked about this episode and she's saying this you know, this actress or this character came across as an inexplicably crazy stereotype of an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of viewers were offended by that since she's so far, she's the only Asian woman in the series. And Gwen was like, that wasn't how I wrote the character, but that's the funny thing about TV. What the actress and the director brought to it, turned it into this way overblown hysterical character that it wasn't oh, meant wow. to be, which was painful for me that it turned into a hysterical woman of color. Right. Um, and that's yeah, it's like it's a it's a negative stereotype. And when that's your only representation, like that's it's just very like unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. And also like I mean, that does make sense what um, Guinevere is saying. But also, the I mean, the the kind of the whole core of this character, even if it even if she didn't mean for it to be played hysterically, like this character is set up to have been dating this guy for not that long of a time and to be repeatedly calling Tina, threatening Tina. So like. I feel like even if it was played less hysterical, it would still not be great. Yeah. And also, again, doesn't make sense at all. That is her boyfriend. They're not married. She doesn't have any legal rights to this child. Like there's no even in the most homophobic world ever where where gay parents have no rights at all. This woman also has no rights. She would never like there's there's no basis for what she's saying. It doesn't make sense at all. No. And and don't you wish that Tina had kind of like blocked that instead of not only flipping out about it, but calling Bet not once, but twice and never saying (laughs) what is happening? Yeah. Something horrible happened. So but before we get to Tina's message, we go back to the car where Jenny eviscerated she is. 
She mm-hmm. wants to rip out her heart, which is susceptible to invasion. She tells the story. She mentions sweetbreads again. Again. The boy is enchanted, which only maybe this is the best way to handle this writing is on drugs. Yeah, I guess so. But also he says to Jenny a note which I think she should take seriously. <laughs> Jenny, what good would it do to offer Tim your sick, diseased meat? Like, yeah. I think it's a good point. I think it it's is a, a good, good point. point. Tim doesn't want also, your old sweet meats. Jenny, he doesn't. He doesn't even want Tim your new wants fresh, your fresh meats. meats. <laughs> he so but I didn't realize how much we would ta- be talking about meat on this podcast. Ugh, I did. I hope we get sponsored by Honey Baked Ham, even though I don't eat ham because I'm a Jew, but still, I hope we do. Honey Baked Ham, call us. Jenny also has a Red very Lobster extreme calls. accent while she's reading her letter to this boy. What's her she, accent? I don't, just fa- like, it's just an accent. It's like, yeah, a sophisticated accent. It's it's really a lot. And then the scene, so the scene in the van ends and Jenny's eyes get like very big. Like, is the boy jerking off what is happening what's happening at the end what? of this scene oh i just thought that jenny's going through a lot of feelings oh my god because but she like it looks like she sees something but yeah you're right i now think she just remembers thinking... something i mean <laughs> she's probably never felt crazier in her life well that's not necessarily true when we find out more about her but yeah i think mm-hmm. she's just all over the place because she's all over the place okay all right i'll buy it uh, here's something i won't buy is Ugh. tina so lay is still yelling at tina which i still hate and then she says she's going to sue Tina. And then Tina calls Bet and leaves the message and says, something horrible just happened. I really need to talk to you. The only time you say just that is if you're like, call, your friend is on a date and they want you to call them halfway through to like yeah. rescue them from the bad date, which, and by saying, oh, something horrible happened. And then you're like, oh my God, I have to leave the date. Something horrible happened. You don't call someone's suffocation and say something horrible happened, but you don't say what it is. And also yeah. what? Oh my goodness. The whole plot line of the missed voicemails and the messages and the phone being unplugged is just a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Really, um, I think could have been woven a little bit better because it's just unbelievable that Tina would have, I mean, it's un- uh, to skip ahead a little bit. It's unbelievable to me that Tina would have left these two messages and never said what was going on. And not only that, but then Bet would get the messages, call only Tina, right. nobody else, even though Bet literally called every single person before she left to be yeah. like, take care of Tina uh-huh. and get on a fucking plane yeah. home. But before- uh, guys, so, okay. Uh, Allie loves Shane's haircut of her. She feels like a brand new woman. She's like a woman in a shampoo commercial, living her best life. Loves it. Every woman Luscious. loves a Shane, you know. Luscious hair, loves it. Uh, <laughs> very good very Thank good you. Bet, and words. then we go bet sent flowers to tina or something yeah do they spell Lotion. out tina what are they <laughs> do you do you want to know what just happened to me reese no is i also watched this two days ago i normally watch it right before we tape and in between watching it taking the notes i also watched the most recent episode of of killing eve um mm. where this where flowers spelled out Eve. Uh, and so in my mind, I was like, did she open it? And they said, Tina. I'm <laughs> yeah, no, I feel lesbians. like it was like a gift basket or something. Yeah, it was a gift right? basket, which is fucking weird. I, I whatever. Yeah. Then we go to the art opening, which looked to me like the same building that they use for like three other art openings later in the series. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like crowd noise. I love some crowd noise. Uh, Bet looks at art. She's It's the opening of the exhibit that eventually is going to go to CAC. It's the opening of the, like, provocations. But everybody is into it. 
So before we get too far into provocations, we go to the scene where Tina is listening to a message from Alice. I'm headed over. A message from Dana. I'm coming over too. Shane, I'm on my way. And then a message Reese, from Lele. I'm not coming over. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I can't. I have too much work to do, but I really want to. Sorry. Ah. Right. And then a I quick cut to Tim and his friends calling Jenny's mom. Now, Jenny's mom know like Jenny has called her mom and this makes Tim not feel relief although his whole thing was that he was very worried where's Jenny I haven't seen her I don't know where she is I can't reach her which is kind of weird because like half the characters in the show have cell phones and the other half don't whatever 2004 everyone had a cell phone in 2004 yeah but when he finds out that she's called her mom and not Tim Tim is fucking furious and and fucking Susie Smith over there do we know this character's name <laughs> Susie. My favorite. Susie I'm not a lesbian but I want to comment on the lesbians she's like well you know where she'd go don't you because of course this bitch is still thinking about Marina she's yeah. like she obviously went Marina's to go fuck Marina vagina. Marina's vagina um, so this is where we go a little bit more into the provocation scene. And I mentioned it up top. I definitely think that Bet and this other woman who's like, you just took that art exhibit really want to fuck, but we don't get any of it because we cut back to Shane saying liquor in the front, poker in the rear. And before that, um, Lara and Dana decide to help <laughs> right. by locking the windows. Do they think this woman's going to crawl into the windows and like pull the baby out of Tina's body with her hands <laughs> lock the windows yeah it's a lot I mean first of all you should always have your windows locked anyway but again it's just like what's happening this episode this is so dumb <laughs> and Alice is just like enchanted by Lisa and Kit comes in and says like lay lay is a crazy ass bitch and they're all gonna yep. kick her ass okay yep. okay okay well, okay so then the scene that counts is Tim shows up Ooh. at the fucking planet. I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, and is like, you vulture. To which I say, correct. <laughs> That's what Tim does. <laughs> Where's Jenny? Uh, and this is like, th this is just set up, I think, to make us all feel like, oh, this is an abusive man. You know, like, look at me when I'm talking to you. You preyed on her. With you find that phony intellectual game. Yeah, it's very intense and uncomfortable. Um, Marina, like, you have to believe that Marina is obviously feeling threatened and scared and uncomfortable, but doesn't show it at all and is sort of laughing and, and looking very intensely at Is she at laughing? Him. I felt like she was just standing there, like, stoically, like, what is my character? Do I have layers? Why did I do this? <laughs> like, searching for, like, something, like, trying to remember. What did I learn in acting class about how to bring life to a character that doesn't seem human? It's a good interpretation. Maybe. You know, like, am I a Cylon? I don't, that's what it felt like for Ooh. me. Then there's this great exchange though. Mm -hmm. When, when Tim's like, what is it you do? You girls, should I even care? Does it even count? And she's Ugh. like, you were there. You saw how much it counts. Boom. Burn. Fucking roasted Tim. Good night. Yeah. And then he like grabs her wrists or yeah. she tries to push him out of the planet. Oh, wow. I mean, this is a very no, like no, 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 no. did not like it. No, I mean this is a super like toxic masculinity moment, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like you know, it, Marina is essentially like I can please Jenny more than you can, 
And Tim is like, the only thing I know to fucking do in this situation is to let you know that I'm stronger than you physically because he feels obviously like super threatened. It's really fucked up. I don't like it either. It's like he doesn't even realize that Jenny is literally at this moment mailing him all of her small organs. Uh, Yeah. He's acting like a man who is not appreciating the sweet bread that his (laughs) wife is slaving over a stove to deliver to him. You know? Yeah. What an ungrateful man. I agree. Then we get back. Speaking of men. Oh, this episode. Right. There's like a whole thing where it's it's somehow like transphobic and biphobic all at the same time. Is the lesbo man dating a fake bisexual? Are you dating him because of his lesbian self or because he's a man? Which one? Which one? Is he a transsexual? Uh, I wonder how he pees. Maybe you should call yourself a trisexual. So... For, these are what just does a, that even mean a trisexual <laughs> like what what i think it's when you're attracted to um tricycles actually like when you oh when like, oh my god yeah. i feel oh my god my whole life i've been looking for my label i know it's like you know that those little rubber wheels you know they really okay get me. but could it be tripods no it's, it's tricycles reese don't oh. don't co-opt the definition i don't have room in my apartment for a tricycle although I did have an apartment once where there was this tiny little like storage space that I never wanted to put anything in because it freaked me out because it was like underneath something and you know what was in there when I finally did open it no (laughs) are you kidding me there was a fucking tricycle yes just a tiny tricycle and nothing else that's the most terrifying ghost story I've ever heard (laughs) I know so that whole time I was sharing the apartment with a baby ghost and didn't even know it holy shit yeah well, that scares me, um, but not as much as the treatment of Lisa the lesbian. I feel like, you know, in 2004, I and I think many of us like watched this and we were like, this is funny. And now when we watch it in 2019, it's like, wait, what is happening here? And throughout the taping of even this episode, it was very odd for us to refer to Lisa using he pronouns. But there's, there's something happening with the gap of time. And also, I know, Reese, like you've read about this and you've also we also talked to Guinevere about it. Yeah, we did. And it seems like they were seeing it as a joke, like what would happen if we saw all of these stereotypically lesbian traits, like being overly empathetic and liking wheatgrass and ginger and paying attention (laughs) to people's feelings. Like what if a man was like that? Like what if it was a man who wanted to be, I I don't think they saw it as a trans character because they were like, it's not that he wants to be a woman in general. He wants to be a lesbian, which I think partially reflects the sort of misconception at the time. A lot of people didn't realize that, like, in fact, most trans women are lesbians or bisexual. Like, it's actually not. Whereas most people back then, including me, I didn't Mm -hmm. know. Like, I thought for some reason I have no I have no idea why I did not investigate this at all or think hard about it. But I was just like, yeah, trans women are straight. And right. which is not true again. And there's actually like this book um, I read about on Jezebel that like Kat wrote. She read a book from the 80s. That's like a psychiatrist, a psychologist who's talking about who talks about male lesbians and tries to categorize them as an actual thing. Yes, and, I read a little bit of that. Actually. Yeah. And part of what she talks about is how he's sort of the author doesn't seem to realize that bisexuality exists, doesn't seem to realize that lesbian trans women exist. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like a lot of misconceptions, but I think they were trying to make a joke about it was supposed to be a joke about lesbians but right. it, but it ends up in in the modern era this do, it, it does not land because a lot of it so uh, my friend drew who writes for auto who's a, who's trans said that she feels like it's actually a good trans character it's just that other characters are shitty 
to Lisa, mm-hmm. but that she definitely read it as like, this is a trans woman, like her, whether she ends up identifying as a trans woman later or as non-binary, regardless, like her experiences do seem to line up with like a trans narrative. Right. And so I'm, I'm going to be putting together a roundtable for Autostraddle to talk about Lisa, the male lesbian, because I think it's a really intriguing and complicated character to talk about. Um, and the roundtable like will be with trans women writers um, and their perspectives on it. Um, yeah. And then we can talk more about it then. But I think for for this, I guess we're just sort of like putting a little note that we don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. And it is like, you know, when you're looking at something across the span of 15 years, it, there's a lot there. Like there's what was happening then? What was happening with Mishfest? What was happening with trans women and the way that we understood trans women? And like, you know, this is a, it, maybe it was written as a joke, but probably so much of that was informing it, right? Like so much yeah. of what was happening in our minds and the way we were misinterpreting the mm-hmm. experiences of trans women was why it felt okay to say like, oh, this would be a funny exploration. Right. Um, because we didn't have that information. So, yeah. And we also hadn't talked about, in, in TV and movie, there's, there's often a joke wherein men, cis men are dressing up as women for some reason or another, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, this is so hilarious. What if a man's dressed up as a woman? Ha, ha, ha. But in a way, even though those men are cis men dressing up as women, like that's the context of whatever story we're seeing, they're also, it still comes off and it still impacts like our view, the society's view of trans women. When you're presenting the idea of somebody with this type of body wearing those type of clothes is inherently hilarious. Like it does, that that does reinforce negative trans stereotypes. And in a way, that's kind of what they're doing here, except instead of um, having, it's the the dress up, so to speak, isn't what she's wearing. It's how she's acting. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's intended, I think, to be a joke about lesbians, what it actually ends up being is it is in some places a joke about trans women, it feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously, like, we have a very limited perspective on it. So I'm looking forward to, like, hearing from trans women about it. Sometimes TV just really makes you talk about serious stuff, Reese. Well, speaking uh, of serious stuff, something very serious, I don't know what is happening to Tina and Bet hears about it on her cell phone and um, on her cell phone. <laughs> Bet hears about it on her cell phone voice machine messages and is like, oh, my God, no. Right. Also, like, not to whatever, but like the time, the passage of time in this whole situation is completely fucked. It's like, Bet's, it's nighttime when Bet is like, can't reach Tina. Then it's daytime when Bet is in the cab on her way to the airport. And then it's very early morning when Bet walks into her house. So I don't, like, I've flown across the country a lot of times. And no matter which way I sliced it, I could not figure out what was happening here. So we haven't gotten to the scene yet where she comes back, but like, um, why doesn't she call Tina's cell phone? Why doesn't she call literally anyone else? Why doesn't she call? Uh, yeah, literally anyone else. Anyone. Whatever. Anyone so, else in the whole world. This is so. This is so un- annoying and obnoxious. I hate this episode. <laughs> the only good thing about this episode is Twat the Night. <laughs> yeah, Twat the Night. I'm here for Twat the Night. Oh, and also, and also, Marina being like, you saw how much it counts. Oh, then Dana and Lara fully have sex in a crowded slumber party room and everyone's like laughing like kid and alice are both laughing and then dana realizes everyone can listen to them i just love how horny lara is all the time lara cannot keep her hands outside of dana's vagina she cannot she cannot and she will not she doesn't care if anybody's awake to get in there 
There's a whole house. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but Tina and Bet are loaded. This house is huge. It's got rooms in it. Go to a room. Why are you all sleeping on the floor? I bet what they have that one and a half bathrooms even. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, go and sleep with Tina. So Kit's like, ahem. And then Dana's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, whatever. Then we go back to the car, the road trip on the road with Jenny and two teenagers on mushrooms. Malcolm, that's what his name Malcolm. is. Malcolm. Malcolm in the, in middle. the middle. <laughs> of the, Malcolm, the straight man in the middle of our lesbian television show. <laughs> Do you remember? So I don't know if uh, all of our listeners are familiar with the music, the musical stylings of one Mal Blum. Um, but Mal Blum tweeted at me when I tweeted this sort of like series of stills of Jenny being like my variety meets my sweetbreads and was like, this is literally how I learned what sweetbreads were. Um, and I remember learning what sweetbreads were when I worked in a restaurant and they, it was on the menu. And I was like, sweetbread, how delicious. That sounds so tasty. Is it like cinnamon sugar? What's going on? And then I found out that it's the pituitary gland of a cow. It is? Yeah. And well, I, I like thinking it was like a bad fruitcake. No, it's a fucking, gla it's a gland. It's it's one of her meats. It's the pituitary gland of a motherfucking cow. Although I guess she's saying they're her organs. Do we have a sweetbread? Please write to us at 2ellenbackcast at gmail.com and let me know if I have a sweetbread. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. So then we go back to Bettina's house. Bet has flown all the way home. Bet, I can't believe you're wearing that dress, Porter. Um, Bet, I'm going to get you a Slurpee and then drink it, Porter. Bet, I can't come home for dinner, Porter. Gets on it's an flown. airplane. Yeah. Flies all the way home. And apparently she has, Peggy Peabody was throwing her a party, a dinner party that she had and to she cancel. failed on it. That she had to cancel. So she, rather than call anyone in the whole goddamn world, she could have like gotten a TaskRabbit to go knock on the, well, I guess TaskRabbit didn't exist yet. She could have called anyone. She could have ordered a pizza anyone. and asked them to spell, what's the horrible thing in olives and had it mailed to Tina so that she would give her a phone call. Because Tina's, <laughs> so Tina unplugged the phone so that Lay wouldn't call her, right? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. It's just like, that's the olives. I'm there for that plan. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'd want her to spell, I want her to spell horrible, like in like pepperoncinos though. At the, at the end of the season, Reese, all I want is for you to gift me a pizza that says, what's the horrible thing <laughs> in olives. It's all I want. How do you um, feel about pineapple? I mean, I'm, I'm I guess it kind of blend in. There's better color contrast with olives. That's what I was thinking. What would really stand out? You know? <laughs> so another like, I know you're really mad about Bet flying across the country, and I am. I am too. You know who isn't mad is fucking Bet, which doesn't make any sense. I don't. Ugh. But before that even happens, the way the the like way that the writing gets us to the phone being unplugged, to them knowing, realizing, oh right, I unplugged the phone, is that Marcus shows up and literally at the door is like, I tried to call you, but your voicemail box is full. Tina's <laughs> like. Oh, no, I never plugged the phone back in. Like, guys, get it together here. Yeah. Also, when you are on vacation or you're mm -hmm. on a trip mm -hmm. without your partner, mm -hmm. who you're in a like they're in a pretty codependent relationship. I, it seems like like I'm a person who when I travel, I don't like having to check in all the time with my person. Uh -huh. But I feel like these are checker inners. 
They are. There is no fucking way that they would not have communicated. It would be so like they didn't even say goodnight the night before. Right. She didn't think yeah. like, oh, what if Bet tries to call me since apparently I don't have a cell phone this episode? It's like in yeah, the shop I'm just or something. Take my pregnant body to my bed and lay down and go to sleep without literally remembering that I left my fucking wife two panicked voicemails. Ugh. Obviously, Tina's been drinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tina's been doing, she's been drinking margaritas. She's been drinking beer. She's been drinking wine. She's been drinking high C. <laughs> One of my notes in this scene when Bet comes back is in all caps, I wrote, Die Tina. So I don't know if we should feel concerned, but it's just like, Bet rolls up and she's like, and and Tina is just, I feel like Tina could have had a case here, like that she could have been like, I know it was like maybe a little bit unreasonable, but like she said she was going to come after the baby and it made me feel so panicked and scared. Like there's something for her to say about why she was panicked. And instead she's like, I don't know. I guess it's just the hormones. Silly me. And I feel mirror, like mirror. I just want to Once again, another mirror, mirror from Tina. Another mirror, mirror, mirror. And now suddenly Bet's like, don't worry. I'm a great partner who never, ever is upset that I have to sacrifice anything for this relationship. <laughs> she <laughs> she's, okay. she's, was supposed to have a dinner to cultivate a major donor. I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't I think so. Who would pass up the opportunity to hang out with, with Peggy Peabody just because something horrible happened to Tina? I mean, Although when she can... walks in, she's like, is the baby okay? She doesn't give a shit about Tina. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And also like very believable bet characteristic, you know? Yeah, she's obsessed with this little baby. With my mini bet with little baby Pickle. Baby. Oh, yeah, baby Pickle. And she said all of New York knew. All of New York, everyone in the Big Apple knew about her I was stealing the exhibit. Famous. She was a star. She was famous. She would have been yeah. a hit at the dinner party. And now there's no dinner there's no party. There's no time. There's just Jenny has Tina. no organs. Jenny's organs are fucking. She puts them in the mail in the last scene. Uh, this scene reminded me of uh, the last episode of, I believe it's season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where um, Buffy sends her love to hell and she has to like leave town. And so you just feel like the math here is that like for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like she literally has to kill her one true love, send him to hell. And that's what makes her have to like leave town and escape. And for Jenny, she just has to go down on Marina <laughs> and get caught. And then boom, she where is she? Santa Monica, Santa Barbara? Where is she? I don't know. She's, but she is sitting on, at this point, she's dir physically dirty, visibly dirty. And she's sitting I mean, on the ground next to, like, she's going to sit there just to make sure it gets, goes, you know, just to make sure it gets picked the, up. That the postman comes. Yeah. Just to be sure. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. My variety meats are in the <laughs> yeah. mailbox. Yeah. I put so. a fragile sticker on it. Um, There's, it's all <laughs> of my small minor intestines. Um, and there's a lot of sweetbreads in there. And he'll probably Gross. be like, ooh, fruitcake? I love. So in conclusion, literally in nothing conclusion. in this episode made sense. Mm -hmm. It was also some trans people find Lisa to be a fun, good character. Some find Lisa to be a problematic, upsetting character, even though I hate mm -hmm. the word problematic. I'm going to use it again and say that everybody finds the character of Lee Ling problematic. Yeah. So in general, there's really the only good thing as aforementioned we get out of this is Jenny's best piece of writing. Mm-hmm. Twat the night. Twat the night. Is that it? Did anything else happen in this episode that we didn't hate? Mm. Shane and Alice have a nice friendship that I appreciate and respect. 
Dana and Lara were cute at the no, poker game. they're annoying. They were being annoying. <laughs> I love Dana and Lara, but they were being annoying. Shane said liquor in the front, poker in the rear. Yeah. They all hung out with Kit, which made me happy because I feel like Kit's often very separate. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. They're all hanging out with Kit and Bet isn't there. I feel like that's why they're hanging out. Like, I feel like Kit is oh, like, yeah. Bet's gone. Let me come over. And yeah. Hang. She's like, I'd love to <gasps> hang out. Just... I'd love to hang without somebody who's like every other thing I said, like, mm-hmm. are you drinking yeah. again? You know? Oh, God. Anyway, so yeah, uh, it sets us up for some stuff, which we know. But as an episode in general, meh. <laughs> yeah. As an episode in general, Oh, but also we forgot to say that Marcus said that Lay is fine. Oh, right. Lay is not upset anymore. Yeah. So the baby is safe. Lay now is aware that Marcus has more seeds to spread. So many. Billions yeah. a day to offer. A real mensch, Marcus. <laughs> well, Reese, I suppose uh, I know that you and I don't have any sperm to offer, any, any seed, uh, but we do have social media handles. I'm going to spread my seed all over Twitter. <laughs> At Autowin. Great. Autowin on Twitter, on all the things, especially Instagrams, uh, and also uh, Autostraddle. That's my website. It is a big a deal. Big deal. It's a big deal. It's for a really it's big for deal. Late queer queer women. It's for non-binary people, and yeah. it's a website that is just filled with fun, adventure, and opportunities for you to give us money so we don't shut down. Yeah, please give them money. A yeah. plus. Support them on A plus. Support us. <laughs> I am Kristen Russo, and you can find out about me at kristinnoline.com. Uh, I'm not going to spell it for you because I just trust that in one of the four million other podcasts that I've had, you can find the spelling. Uh, you can also use that to find me on Twitter and on Instagram. And Reese is now running a Twitter and an Instagram yes. for this podcast. I believe I've now tweeted six times incredible the twitter handle and the instagram handle are the same and it's what just to ellen back yes incredible it, we didn't even have to put a cast on the end of that just we got we just got it to yeah ellen no back. one else had it we got it we got it we're early we got early into that just like marina got early into jenny do you have your l word breeze i unfortunately do Okay. I can't remember. We need to make a chart. Will somebody listening to this make us a chart of the L words that we've used so far? Yeah. Keep it up. Share it with us. Yeah. Maybe get a website state. domain. Max can yeah. help. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I am. Three, two, one. Lesbian Lacey identified male. Lingerie. What? What did you say? Um, I said lesbian identified male. Oh, I said Lacey lingerie, which is kind of cheating. It was a double L word. But. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't give you two points if this was categories. <laughs> Topping, laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we. Are.